things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. What's up, fam? Welcome to episode 13 of I Cry in Corners. We're living that season two right now, which means we're knocking out the 10 people you need in your corner. In episode 11, I talked about how your number one go-to in life and in leadership um, and in creativity has to be Jesus. And in episode 12, I broke down the number two through the importance of um, hmm, a kingdom squad and how your depth and breadth of your community should be diverse. Um, so pretty much recap. Number one is Jesus. Number two is community. Oh my gosh. I'm like slaying these recaps right now. High five. Um, if you've been listening for any amount of time, you'll know that I do recaps periodically throughout my podcast and they're usually pretty long. That one was short. I'm just really proud of myself. What ifs? Let's move on. Anyways, this leads us to uh, lucky number 13 and the number three person you need in your corner. Here we go. You ready? I don't feel like you're ready. The number three person you need in your corner is the bestie. Yep. Notice how that wasn't plural. Um, hold tight, because this is not going to be what you think it is. And um, it's fine. Nothing is ever as you think it is on this podcast. So let's just, you know, grab a highlighter and a cup of coffee and um, some tissues. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe this will change some things for you. I'm going to jump right in because let's just be honest. Um, I've got a lot to say and I've been waiting, like waiting to drop this episode. And um, if you haven't gotten your Bible reading in, you about to get it in because I'm going to have to jump into the Bible for this one because one, I need Jesus super bad. Two, uh, the story I'm going to use today is in the Bible. So if you haven't gotten your Bible reading in for a hot minute, don't worry. I'm about to hook you up. All right. So if you do have a Bible... Again, if you're running or at work listening to this, don't be that person. Just listen. I'll read it to you. It'll be amazing. Um, But if you're one of those people that want to like, you know, follow along, I'm in John 13, 1 through 13, um, and I'm going to read it out of the NIV. Some people want to know those things. I'm just telling you. Okay, context. Jesus' time on earth has quite literally come to an end. He doesn't have a lot of time left with his squad, and he's trying to like, cram in a lot of final lessons on those last days. And especially on that last night, he gathers them together and they experience tons. Okay. They have the last supper. Uh, Peter and Judas get a uh, slashing a little bit um, with lots of words and things. And then Jesus, to make things even more weird and awkward, takes off his robe, puts on a towel and starts doing what no one um, in any kind of authority in their little circle has done. And that's where I'm going to start reading. Okay, here we go. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world uh, to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper ended, and the devil, having already put in his hand under the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, uh, uh, sorry, a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the, the disciples' feet 
and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered to him, What I'm doing you will not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, If I do not wash you, you have no part of me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet, only my hands and my head. Guys, uh, just for context, because, you know, I'm a weirdo. Um, Feet back then, I mean, feet are gross. But anyways, feet back then, like, they were covered in the dust uh, of the street and of the dirtiness. You know, they walked everywhere they went. It was a very lowly thing. uh, To Like, you would wash your feet when you walk into someone's house and things of that sort. So the fact that Jesus, a man of authority, uh, was washing their feet, it was like, it was like, it was a really, really, really big deal. I'm sure you already know this, but it was, it was probably more of a deal than you realize. All right, I'm jumping back in. I don't remember where I was. Um, 11, for he knew he... Okay, no, stop. 10, Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but he, but, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. There before he said it, you are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and say, well, for so I am. And if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet and also ought to wash others' feet, for I'm not giving you an example that you should, for I am giving you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Okay, so I read to 17, so you really got your Bible reading in. Um, But anyways, I wanted to read that to you because today we're talking about the bestie you need in your corner to survive this life with awesomeness and kingdom savvy. And most of you are like, it's Jesus, right? That's, that's who you're talking about, Chadi. You've been talking about Jesus for like two weeks. Calm down, people. Yes, I'm always talking about Jesus as that is my life goal, but that's not what I'm saying. The world will tell you, you need other people, other people in your corner, besties, to make this world mm, bearable. But my 37 years on this earth has taught me two absolute certainties about besties. I need you to write these jokers down because they are true and um, they will help you. Here we go. Number one, your bestie will change and shift like seasons throughout your life. And number two, some shifts will be violent. Others will be gradual. I'm going to say it again. These are the two absolutes that I have learned in 37 years about best friends. Number one. Your best friends will change and shift like seasons throughout your life. And number two, some shifts will be violent and others gradual. But these shifts uh, will happen more than you would either like or even realize. It just happens with years and schooling and things changing. And look, let me clarify. I'm not talking about your ride or dies. Uh, That's something completely different, which I will be talking about in our next episode episode 14, write it down. Writer dies, by the way, so I can just tell you what I'm saying when I say writer dies. They're the people who hold the right to you. Yep. They're like your spouses, your parents, your siblings, your kiddos, etc. But today I'm talking about besties. Besties to me are the family you choose for yourself. And since I know these shifts to be an absolute, I have stopped giving people the moniker of bestie. Yeah, I don't call people besties anymore. And instead, I choose to just love and I treat everyone like they're my bestie. Just like Jesus modeled in this story. He didn't just wash one of their feet. He washed all of their feet. 
and he showed love and respect and honor regardless of his position, regardless of their position, whether they deserved it or not. He loved and he served regardless. So really, the only bestie you need in your corner is you. And you need to be everyone's bestie. Introverts and people who have besties that they will go to prison for, calm your jets. Don't turn off my podcast. Let me explain this before you go nuts. Jesus modeled the most incredible way to love people. And my question for you today, my challenge in this episode, is what would it look like? What would life look like if you treated everyone with as much love and care as your best friend? What if you treated everyone, even strangers and people, people who suck and don't deserve it, uh, with the same love and respect as Jesus did washing the disciples that would betray him when he washed their feet? What would happen if you treated people with love and respect like Jesus did his entire squad? Yes, the squad, the guys that were about to straight abandon him in the most dire of moment. Jesus loved them and he cared for them. And even in his last moments, he showed them the greatest way to love was by serving them. What if, what if, what if we loved and treated everyone the way Jesus treated people? Like just, I mean, I know it's not a perfect world. I know that we're human, but oh my God, what would life look like? You know, I live in Jacksonville, Florida, where we recently had a mass shooting. We were in church on Sunday. We had this incredible Sunday. People are getting baptized. People are getting healed. We're, we're in this amazing season of revival in this incredible city that I love, that I was born and raised in. And as I'm leaving, I'm getting news things popping up on my phone about a mass shooting in my city. And I'm thinking, well, what would it look like if we loved people to the point where violence wasn't the answer and love was? I'm just crazy enough to think that we could love people. My pastor said that the world is not getting better, but Christians have the opportunity to make things brighter. I totally paraphrase that and ruin that. But I think that if we just loved people, things would change. I think if we loved people, our cities would be changed. I think that if we would just love people, our world would look different. Because love love is the answer, guys. Jesus knew this. He wasn't kidding. And when he knew that he was about to die and he got on his hands and feet and began to wash the feet of the disciples and he was like, do, do this, do this. Look at, look at what I'm doing and model it. Love people in this way. And so Jesus, Jesus loved people. And I know that for some people it might be really hard to like open up and to invest in people and to love people in this way. Look, I understand. I have a lot of weird things that happen to me because I try to live like this. Notice try because I, I fail miserably all the time. But this is my like goal is to live like this. But I need to give you a major disclaimer uh, that loving people, loving, 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 I'm talking about truly loving, like giving them the time of day, like giving them your undivided attention, people you just met, people you've known for a million years, what will happen is they will, um, hmm, if you act like everyone's bestie, they'll expect bestie access to you. But I'm not asking you to relinquish healthy boundaries. I'm asking you to love people. I'm asking you to forgive people. I'm asking you to have grace for people. I'm asking you to have compassion for people. I'm asking you to give your insight to people, people who you wouldn't normally give that type of love or care to. That's what I'm asking you for. Jesus had boundaries. 
He was on mission and he couldn't always heal everyone. Uh, he couldn't always give his attention to everyone that he wanted, but he was so in tune with the father that he knew when to step in and when to step out. So you're going to have to be spirit led with this, but he did love and love in such a way that even the people who grazed his garments were impacted and people who knew him and, and experienced him were in, and people who knew who he, people who knew people who knew him were impacted by him. So let me give you how to do this because I feel like I need to give you some practical ways to love people. So um, I'm going to jump back into verse three where it says, Jesus knew the father had put all things under his power and he, and Jesus had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up and he did all those incredible things, but he did it knowing the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and he was returning to God. So first things first, if you want to love everyone in a manner that makes them feel like you actually want to meet them, like you actually listen to them, uh, like you weren't on your phone the whole time, love people to the point where after you meet them, they walk away thinking, oh my God, that person could be my bestie. Um, in order to do this successfully, you got to do it like Jesus. So write this down. You have to have these three, three, you have to have these three things in order to pull the bestie status off. And you have to have these three things in order to, um, make people feel like they're loved and like Jesus type of love. Okay. Let me say this. My friends are always just like, Chadi, you make everyone feel like they're your bestie. Yeah, like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm an introvert. The last thing I want is people invading my personal space all the time. But I will tell you, there is there is a peace that surpasses all understanding when you know that you're loving people like Jesus loved them. And I don't always do it right, guys. So what I'm telling you is not something that I think is a good idea. I'm telling you something I do. And I'm, I'm being dead serious. People that know me, no, I'm a weirdo, but they know that I, I give everyone my attention and I love people regardless of the situations are flipping weird. Okay. So saying that I need to disclaimer. Okay. These are the three things you have to have in check. One, your foundation. You got to have your foundation and set like set in place. I'm going to explain this foundation Two, identity. Identity has got to be set. Uh, I think it was Pastor Carrie Weems says that if you don't know who you are when you walk into the room, the room's going to tell you. So this is important. And number three, you got to have your future set. Jesus knew the Father had put all things under his power. He had come from God and was returning to God. So guys, this isn't hard. This isn't rocket science. If you want your foundation set, love has to be your foundation. That means love has to be your response to everything. Um, uh, uh, Look, your foundation is not your provision. Your foundation is not your school or your family. Love. Jesus is love. So if Jesus is love and the person of Jesus is love, then your foundation is Jesus. That means in the manner in which you respond to people is Jesus. The manner in which you your filter your thoughts through is Jesus. Um, your thought life has to be love. Your thought life has to be like, God, how can I love these people more? God, how can I um, respond in love? That means that you take a moment before you respond because your foundation is set in love. Um, your identity also has to be set. So number two, and when I say your identity set, I just kicked the microphone. So if anyone's wondering what that was, it's not an earthquake. I'm just, it's six in the morning. Anyways, your identity has to be set. Okay. Your identity is not found in your job. Let me help you. Your identity is not, uh, is not in your creativity. Uh, your identity is not your Insta bio, uh, bios. Bleh. Um, uh, your identity is one thing, ready? I'm going to give it to you. Um, his, that's who you are. 
You're his. You're his. You are son and daughter of the living God. That's what you were called to. That's who you are. That's what he died on a cross for. He gave his life. He gave his only begotten son for whosoever that would believe in him. And when the minute you believe, the minute you say yes to Jesus, the minute you say yes to love, you become grafted into this incredible kingdom. You're his. That's who you are. So stop trying to find your identity in your work. Stop trying to find your identity in relationship. Stop stop trying to find identity in a world that doesn't even know what it is. You're his. Now, wouldn't you be so flippin' awesome if you just walked into every room and you're like, I'm his. I don't have to explain nothing to you. I just got to love you because I already know who I am. So your foundation is set in Jesus. You already know that you are his. And guys, you've got to have your future set. All right. Here we go. Um, so I'm not talking about your like five-year plan. Um, I'm not regarding your, I'm not, I'm not like your five-year plan to your spouse. Like you want to have kids one day or your dream job without duct tape. Um, there is no real, hmm, there is no real thriving future that leaves a kingdom legacy without living for eternity. I'm going to repeat that because that's some good stuff. There is no real thriving future that leaves a kingdom legacy without living for eternity. So that is what I mean when you say you have your future set. You know your future's eternity. You know your future's with Jesus. So you live this life for eternity. You live this life loving people, not to impact the secular, not to impact uh, the world you're currently in, but to impact eternity. You're not collecting accolades. You're collecting people. You're not trying to become the most successful this and that. Although if you do, good stuff, wins all around. Congratulations on being successful. I'm successful. I th- I'm gr- I'm all about being blessed and living blessed. But if you do it to the point where all you care about is what you attain here, you'll miss out on God. You'll miss out on what eternity is going to like. You know, g- I have this whole thing on the kingdom. You need to go back and listen. I think it's episode five about the kingdom, about living with the kingdom and a kingdom mindset. You know, Jesus said the kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. What he has to offer, the things that he has for you as a son and daughter, you have access to them to bring the things and the awesomeness of heaven to here on earth. That's what your future should look like, being a conduit, a person who is able to incubate the greatness of God here on earth. Everything else is just icing on the cake. So love and serve everyone with peace, knowing you're not out to prove anything. You're not loving with agenda or desire for anything back. You're just loving people. And for clarity, I'm saying this entire episode, not only as like a how to treat and love people well, it's about choosing to be the bestie to everyone and how this decision will set you up for an eternal win. This loving people thing stems from you being okay with people who you love and um, and are close to and will be in and out of your life. Like like you've already you've already realized that the only thing you got to do is love people. And even if they're going to be in and out of your life, it doesn't disqualify them from you loving and serving them. You it it's like you loving people. This stems from uh, you being okay that people will intentionally and unintentionally fail you, but that doesn't disqualify you from loving them. Nothing should disqualify anyone from you love at least loving them. Uh, some people are like, um, I just cannot stand that person. Yeah. Um, Jesus told me to love you. He ain't tell me to like you. There are things about people that I don't necessarily like personalities. I don't necessarily get along with, but doesn't mean I don't, I'm, I'm disrespectful to them. Doesn't mean that I don't respect them. Doesn't mean I don't love them. I don't have to have your same belief system to love you. I don't have to have your same personality to love you. 
Love is love is a requirement. It is not a it's 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 not like an option. Look, people are weird. I know that loving everyone like Jesus did, and I know this firsthand that people are weird because I've been offered some really weird things on various occasions by absolute strangers who caught wind of something vulnerable I said on social media or the podcast or on my blog. So I know that loving people is weird. Some of you are like, how weird, Chadi? I'll tell you. Um, one time, uh, somebody asked me to join their support, support group. That was fun. That was awkward. Another time, some lady caught stopped me at lunch with my husband to give me a phone number to a prophet uh, to pray over me so I could get pregnant. That was really weird. Please don't do that to people. Um, Number three, let's see. I've had a lot of really random full body hugs by strangers with no explanation in public. Um, I've had a lot of handwritten notes with fun things on them. Guys, people are weird. And guys, those aren't even the worst stories. But just because loving people and living out love out loud may cause incredibly awkward moments, it doesn't detour me from loving people. Guys, Jesus took off his robe, his authority, and his identity, and he washed the disciples' feet. He washed their their going and their coming that was covered in the dust of the earth. And he did this to say, if you want a firm identity and a kingdom authority, you're going to have to be okay with getting in the muck and mire and the awkward turtle situations with people you know and people you don't know. And loving them is a have to. Guys, recap. Be everyone's bestie. You want a thriving corner where you're not Claire Danes in it every day? Love everyone like Jesus. I'm not going to lie. I cry in a corner like twice a week. But I still love everyone like Jesus, or at least I try to. See, I told you this episode wasn't going to be what you thought. You're welcome. Anyways, I love you guys. I hope you got something out of today because um, love is really important and it could change your world and I want you to change your world and I don't want this just to be hangs outs. I want this to be um, you doing awesome things for the kingdom. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you listen, share, review, and uh, repost and um, make sure you're following Creative Church on Instagram and um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And I love your faces. Um, I love you, weirdos.